Shane, what's going on? Hey, not much. Just in the office. It looks like quite the office there behind you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a lot of cool little little artifacts and stuff I keep. This is the home office, so I work out of here a lot right now. So today we have a very exciting video lined up. We're going to be talking about scaling your business. Now, you've done some incredible things for the people who don't know you. You run excess management here in Edmonton. I guess, where did you get started here though? Yeah. So for me, I guess I'll start right at the beginning. I was I was born and raised Northern Manitoba. So I was actually raised in a Mennonite community. So it's a lot different upbringing than most people have. You know, it, there was no TV, no radio, nothing like that. My whole family only went up to grade nine and that's even most of my extended family. So like my mom and dad, both grade nine education. I went on to public school and that was basically only to I wanted to play football at the time. So I did, I was the first one in my family to go past, past grade nine. I went to grade 12 after high school. We farmed kind of that entire time. And I was always, business was always something I was interested in. I would like do hunting and trapping and, and things like that. After high school, how I, how I got out West, I guess, was I started coming out here to work in the winters and then I would farm in the summer and I met my wife out here, out in Edmonton. That's where we are now. We moved back, back to Manitoba, kept farming. Our first business venture was, was a gym. So we, we built and opened a gym and we ran that for five years and farmed. So that was a very busy time for us. We did that. The way I got into real estate, uh, we, I was actually, we, we had quit farming and we were running just the gym. And I'm the type of person who like, if I'm not growing it, I get very like, I mean, I, I hate that feeling of not continually growing so we had got the gym to a place where it was it was really it, the business ran really well and and then I right away got kind of uncomfortable we knew we didn't want to scale that business the gym business really couldn't and I had read an article in Forbes it was it was called mobile home park millionaires and it was on how all these big funds in the states were going around and buying up all these mobile home parks and the article was really cool and it made a lot of sense. You know, there's a lot of benefits to mobile home parks. You just own the land. You don't own the actual property, the actual units. And then I guess it was just luck or fate. The one in our town went up for sale and it was, there was, there's a mobile home park there. It went up for sale. It was for a price that at the time I thought was just ridiculous. Like we were a pretty small community and it was this huge price. And I got the the numbers on it just to kind of, you know, have fun with it, look at it. And as soon as I looked at it, it, it just made total sense. Back then, mobile home parks weren't quite as attractive as they are now. So the cap rates were a lot higher. So we were able to go in, we we purchased that park. And then we kind of did, I guess, what, what you would do a single family, we kind of did a flip on the park. So we went in, we upgraded the roads, you know, we, we got rid of, there was a bunch of like really, you know, bad tennis, bad trailers and stuff in there got those out. We moved new ones in. We did a lot of renovations on existing trailers that were park owned. And then we would sell those off. There was a house on the property. We turned it into a duplex. So we got a lot of experience there in real estate. And that was, that was kind of our first step into it. We bought a second park, I think a year later at tax auction and kind of did it. So there was a smaller park, with lots of land and kind of had the same model with that one. And then after that, after that park got running smoothly we kind of got to the same spot where we we started looking at what to do next we were in a town it was a pretty small community so we knew we weren't able to scale it there anymore we had some you know some connections out here in Edmonton so we bought two small properties throughout the next year here in Edmonton 
And then we kind of had a five-year plan to move out here and, and start a business in real estate out here. This was pre-COVID. We went to, it was one of the last big conferences that was put on before the, the big restrictions came in. So this was when we just started hearing about COVID. And we went down to a business conference in the States. It's actually, it's 10X Growth Con, so it's going on today, actually. It starts at noon today. But we went down there and me and my wife and, you know, there was the the guy just was talking about how, you know, if you're, if you're feeling like you're not growing to your full potential, he's like, you're not a tree, you can get up and move, you don't have roots, you know, and that really spoke to us. And we went home and, and we sold the gym, sold our house. And luckily we did the timing worked out perfect for us the the gym was called fit 24 7 it had never been closed even for like one minute it had always been open to members and the the day we handed over the keys was the first week of the the first two weeks to flatten the curve so that the building was completely empty when we handed the keys over so had we waited even you know a couple weeks that sale would have never went through and you know we would be in a totally different spot so anyway we sold that sold our house you know, sold every, the guy who bought our house ended up buying everything in it. He bought like our furniture. He wanted the food left. Every, he just wanted everything. So we moved out here pretty light, which was nice and started the, you know, the plan was always to buy multifamily. So we started buying property and then about, about two years ago. So we ran that for about a year. We bought, got some little bit of scale and then we rolled it into a limited partnership and started taking on investment. And that gets us to to kind of the company we have today, which is we're an asset management company. We run a fund that buys property. So that was a long-winded answer. But Do you mind sharing how much you have currently under management? Yeah. So inside of our, our excess company, we have 280 units and we're about 47 and a half million in assets. So yeah, our goal, we want to be by the end of the next, kind of within the next 18 months to two years, we'd like to be at about a hundred million in assets. And then we'll start buying outside of right now we're buying only in Edmonton. We own our own property management company as well. I think at about that, that hundred million in assets is where you get enough scale that, that it makes sense. You can, you know, allocate some resources to going outside the city and get some diversity there. So, so you have the asset company and you have the property management company. Was that just the synergy that you wanted or why did you start the property management? Yeah. So we initially with one of the small properties, we had used a, a property management company. I just found it's very hard. It, it's almost, they're almost, they almost work against each other. If you have a third party property management company and it can work if you don't have scale, by all means use, use third party because it doesn't make sense for you to do it yourself. But if you're planning to grow it, you know, a, a property management company's business model is to make money and they can only make that money from fees and all these things. And asset management companies to make money for the investors. So if you have those two things kind of working against each other. So we built out the property management company to be like an add-on to the to the asset management company. I think we we've done a lot of a lot of good stuff in that with that company. And I think there's a lot of like property management because it is a very low margin business and it's there's not a lot of innovation happens in there. So a lot of the people have just been there forever. The other thing that I think really caps the industry is like, if you're, if you just imagine when people have on-site managers, those managers are, you know, if they're making 40 grand a year, there's no re- no chance that that person can move to 80 grand a year at that building. You know, doesn't matter how long he's there because there just isn't enough money on the management fees. 
so you're you're constantly turning the the workers over and stuff so we we run a little different model we're remote we run like a squad system and i think we've done some a lot of cool stuff i think with our company we're we're a lot more tech based than some of the bigger companies we just rolled out in january i think we're the first company that i've ever found to do it a tenant incentive program to keep tenants in the building instead of like a incentive program to just get them in the building so that's really cool and it'll be massively beneficial for our tenants and and it helps us you know keep turnover down and stuff so so yeah it's been fun you can kind of innovate on that side coming at it not from property management background i think yeah once you've been in there too long that kind of mindset sinks into you and then you're stuck thinking that one way so I love how you came in from with a different perspective from a couple of different industries. That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, one of the things that obviously you had to do when you're scaling up this business is personal development. What kind of steps did you put in place in order to develop yourself personally? Yeah. Yeah. So I've always been a huge fan of this for me, I guess, because I didn't come from like a, you know, I'm not a big educated, like I didn't go to college or that. I never put a lot of weight on that. I always kind of had to learn things myself. So it started when I was pretty young. Like the I was, I was a little bit shyer of a kid and I read a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And that was probably what started it for me. So that was a book you you could, I don't know if you've ever read it, but that that book you can, you know, you can read it and, and take what it says and apply it that day. And, and you would see, see how conversations would go and stuff. So that was kind of the start of it. Another book, and like he's been a big mentor of mine kind of forever is obviously Grant Cardone, but his 10X rule, like I read it when I was pretty young as well. And at the time I had, I remember I had, I had, I was farming at the time and I had drawn up this plan on how I was going to own in the next 10 years, I wanted to own 10 units of rental. And that was kind of my goal. And then I read that book and he explained how, you know, he's like, if you're, if you just look at it, like, Hey, let's set the goal at 10 times what you wanted and then work your way back from that. How does that look? And so then I thought, well, if I set the goal at a hundred units, you know, I can't buy single units cause I'll, I don't have enough time. So I have to buy multi-unit and then you obviously keep changing the goalposts. So that book made a big difference. And we've always, I've always been a, I guess, a proponent of spending money on, on personal development that that'll be the best return you ever get. So, and every time I do it, it's hard to do. Like we, I bought a, you know, I had bought an online multifamily investing course and I forget, I don't remember the price. It was a couple thousand dollars and we didn't have a lot of money at the time. And that was, that was hard to spend. There was one little part in there that, you know, it was maybe 30 seconds of the entire two or three day thing that just, it clicked for me and really changed our, our investment philosophy and that, you know, you can see the return on that every time we go down to conferences in the States or we do a lot, we just went down as by far the biggest investment in personal development we ever did, but we went down and did a, it's a program just on scaling your business where the b- different breakpoints are and stuff. So yeah, I, I think it's huge and, and to find people, you know, to look up to and kind of follow their, their footsteps a little bit. What are some of the people that you're currently following? I know you've mentioned Grant Cardone. Yeah, yeah. So he's big. Actually, his business partner I probably take a lot more from right now is Brandon Dawson. So him and his wife run Cardone Ventures. We've done done a couple of different programs with them. The cool thing about that is like Grant, we have met him and stuff, but it's it's hard to, you know, he he's so big now and it's it's hard to like he he doesn't have any want to 
to meet me or, or whatever. Brandon is probably equally as successful, but because he just started Cardone Ventures a couple of years ago, he, you get like, I've had like conversations about my business with him and you can get that access still, which won't be around probably in even a year. So he's been a big one. Robert Martinez is cool to watch. He's in a similar industry in Texas. When he first, he doesn't do it as much now, but he did put out a lot of content on on the actual operating of the properties when he first started. So that was, he, he's a big one. That's Rockstar Real Estate or Rockstar Capital. So those would be a couple of them on the, I guess, in, in the real estate side, those would be the ones I get like enjoyment out of like, like Brandon Turner, I'm sure like bigger part, like, you know, he's fun, charismatic guy for sure. But yeah, those would be, those would be kind of the main ones right now. That makes sense. Over the last, you know, nine years that I've been investing, I've been a huge fan of the bigger pockets. If, any, if anybody doesn't know those, they're typically American now, unfortunately, but they have some absolutely wonderful, wonderful information on there. They bring in a series of stars, I'm going to call them, people who have specialized in their certain market niche and just talk about what they're doing in real estate, which is pretty awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something forever. I mean, that's podcasts are free. And I think that's where you can, you can get you know, the equivalent of a degree in, in any subject you want right now online for free, which 15 years ago, you couldn't like, like, even when I was a kid, we, we got our information from, from encyclopedias or like books, like you just had no access to what you have today. So we, we definitely live in a good time for wanting to learn stuff. What's an encyclopedia? <laughs> yeah, yeah, most people probably don't know. Or yeah, most people probably don't have an encyclopedia or a dictionary anymore because everything you need is online. So yeah, and that's actually actually my first business I ever had. I got from and I had read in an encyclopedia. They they the clams would eat algae and in in ponds and stuff. And there was a I used to go down to the river like every day when I was a kid, and I found this pot where there was a bunch of like clams. And I'm sure they weren't the right type or anything, but I would collect pails of them and then go try to sell them to farmers to put in their ponds to eat the algae. So we did that for for a long time and sold a few, but don't know if they work. But that's where I got the idea. We we do need more people like that, by the way. I'm already last year, anyways, over my my, my place in rural Alberta. There's a ton of algae, so. Yeah. I'm hoping there are more people who are creative like that out there. Yeah. So one of the things, big things that I see you doing here recently is actually building a brand, not just around excess management, but around yourself. What kind of steps are you taking in order to do that? Yeah, we're making, I'm, I guess I'm making an effort right now to do a little bit more on the personal branding side. There's things that I want to show that we do that it doesn't make a lot of sense to do on the company page. And I want that to be, you know, for, for me as well, but also for our our employees to be able to to put stuff on there. I think it's a little more relatable when it is a person, you know, talking about stuff. It's also more clear that it's me that's running that. I do run the excess one. You know, I get I get all the messages and stuff, but it's not really clear that it's me running that. On the personal side, I've taken so much from other people as far as like knowledge and stuff. You know, there's people doing it, but I do think there's a little bit of a void in in real estate between like the really, really successful people start doing it and they're so big that it's hard to, it's hard to ever relate to those people. And then there's people that are kind of at the same level as everyone looking for that information. And so they want to, I think we're kind of in that in between where we have some scale, we're obviously going to grow a lot in the next five years. So we wanted to document that for people, you know, people can kind of follow along and watch us. 
I think from an investor standpoint, you know, we do syndicate money, we raise money for people to have access, kind of see what we're doing, have some idea of our philosophy, you know, what I think and, and what our investment thesis is. I think that helps for sure with investment. Like, like there's the odd company that does some stuff like this, but you know, a lot of the big real estate companies, you're, they're pretty, you're not getting a lot of information. You don't know who they are. I think there's a big need and a big want for our generation or the generations below us. Like the biggest transfer of wealth in the history of the world is happening in the next 10 years. That's going down from a generation who could care less about social media to a generation who gets all their information from it. If those people have the opportunity to, to partner with or even just learn from, you know, from someone in the industry that's relatable, you know, younger, all that stuff. I think there's a big edge there opposed to some of these older companies who are used to doing things a certain way and, and aren't, aren't on that train yet. So, I mean, we've, you've seen it work with a lot of people and, and it's kind of a way we can give back and help people out. And I enjoy doing it on the podcast side. We're going to bring on some guests. You know, a lot of those people are just people I personally want to spend an hour with or whatever I learned from. So whether I think it'll benefit everyone, but it'll definitely benefit me as well. And so. That is definitely the advantage of having your own podcast is you get to sit down and interview people and ask the questions that you want to ask. So yeah, hundred percent like what we're doing right now. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds cool. Now, one of the things that I, I think is very interesting is uh, You've mentioned some mentors that you've had previously. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you currently using as mentors or are, are you still using mentors? Yeah, I always do. I don't know. That, that changes a lot. You know, like it, it depends in what we're doing. Like I'm actually taking a course right now on um, it's like public speaking or or building out your kind of your story. And I'm just starting that, but it's like Pat Quinn. So he's a guy that probably nobody's heard about, you know, him and Pete Vargas do this course. And so like, you know, for, for that portion of my life, learning that it, it for, for real estate, like I said, it, I like Graham a lot of times now too, I look at like, you know, what actual companies you look at what big companies are doing, maybe more than even a single person. One guy that I really like on Instagram as well for real estate that, that I don't know if everyone follows, but is I think his name, Justin Spalding. He used to have a show, I think, like Ballin' with Spallin' or something, but he's really cool. He's got a couple thousand units in, in the States, a similar climate to us. There's always snow and stuff there. So, but he, he's always putting out really cool information as well. I'm in a, a, a business group in the city here that that's, you know, there's about 15 guys. I look up to all those guys. They're all either CEOs or owners of the companies. And that's been extremely helpful to me. You know, they, they're all there to give advice. Some of them, you know, they're, run really big companies and and I also have a you know business coach and yeah I'm all all about the mentorship but would you advise someone who is just starting out to go get a business coach or mentor yeah I think if, if you have the model and, and I think the tricky thing though and I think what maybe people lose a little bit to be aware that like I, if you're going to go get a coach there, there's going to be someone that can help you get your very first deal and maybe your second deal. That same person won't get, if, if your goal is to get to a hundred, unless that coach has that, he's not the guy to get you there. So I think to be aware of that starting out, the other thing that I've found and like increasingly, 
I'm very, very, I guess, cognitive of this is where your that advice is coming. If the person isn't in a spot you want to be, their advice might not be right. And I found that at every level, even now, there'll be people who are, you know, maybe slightly bigger than me that will give me advice. And, and I'll look at it and say, well, you know, that you're not, he's giving me advice that's someone who's 10 times as big as him. It wouldn't be giving me. So you have to, you know, know that because the people, everybody has a limit. You know, I couldn't teach someone how to scale a business to $10 billion today. I don't know. I'm not there. I'm not that guy. I can teach them how to get to where we are or a little, you know, and I think that's something where when you are looking for a coach, keep, be aware of that. And, and the guy you're going to get today, they'll help you, you know, get to where you want to be, but it may not be this. You have to keep looking outside because I see people get trapped in that where it's, they're doing the same thing over and over and over. And it's, you know, you're not, you're not getting ahead doing that. So, yeah, but I do think if you can pay for it, like we've had some very, you know, our first property, which actually fingers crossed sells it, the sale is supposed to go through today. I see a voicemail on my phone. So maybe it went through, <laughs> but that, you know, that property, everything that could have went wrong did. And, you know, if, if you had a coach, did, would it make a difference? You know, prob- probably there's lots of little things, but like it, it, yeah, I think it makes a big, big difference on on the coach and and what their motive is if their motive is just selling you a course and they're not actually doing it it's not maybe quite quite as good so yeah i guess that'd be my two cents on it fair enough and i know there are quite a few coaches who that is their entire business is just selling yeah coaching programs which is very unfortunate versus actually helping people so yeah so when we go down like the one guy we we do courses within the States. Like he always says, you should always ask, you know, what's the, what's the biggest thing you've ever done? What's, you know, what's the most amount of, you, amount of money you've ever made on a transaction or, and ask those questions. Those are easy questions to answer if, if someone doesn't, you know, but if someone's putting on a big, whatever, and, and just making all their money from coaching, you want to make sure they've actually done stuff too. So, or, or, and like I said, starting out there is going to be people that can help you with that first deal a very big high level coach probably won't help you you know they don't have an interest in helping you buy a single house somebody else can but then just if the goal is to move out don't keep doing the same thing over and over with this you know you want to i would say kind of progress up the ladder with with the success absolutely that makes tons of sense picking a mentor for each stage that you're at makes tons of sense yeah sounds good the last thing I did want to touch on here is finding a team. Obviously, when you're scaling up, you need to find somebody for each level of transaction. How do you? How did you find your team? Yeah, so ours, it's been pretty organic. The one nice thing, I think, with our company from day one, because we did have a pretty aggressive goal, people coming in, if, you know, there, there's nothing, if, if I went out to hire someone, I said, look, with my initial plan, let's say when I was a kid, if I went out and said, Hey, come join our company. And in 10 years, we're going to have a hundred units. It would be very, very hard to get anybody to, to get people who, who have ambition or driver, like big aspirations to want to join that company because there isn't room inside that company for them. There's not even room for me to get very big at that level. So we always, new and and everybody who's came on our team has bought into that idea that we are going to be and we kind of set up we're here in two years we're here in 10 years 
there's room for every every type of person in our company right you know like there's enough scale there that there's a lot of room to grow so setting the goal first i think and having people actually buy in if i just said hey i want 20,000 units in three months nobody's going to believe that we have you know very realistic goals we've hit every target so far and i can show people like look here's how we get here we're going to do this and here's the different steps that helps attract a high level of people people you know and, and it's people that want to grow and we've had yeah we've had great luck with with the people we've hired you know mason came on he was he was day one he, he did it kind of part-time because we only had the small bit i think we just lost connection here Oh, you there? Okay. Yeah. It was frozen. Sorry. Yeah. So they want to be part of that. I mean, I always look at it like, who are you working with? Do you want to work, come work for our company? And it's fun. Everyone's full of energy, young, or are you going to go work for our competition who like, you know, you don't know the founders, you don't know, you don't know the model, you know, you probably, it's, it's a kind of like more corporate thing. So I think you're attracting a little bit different people and, and honestly, real estate, it's, it's a fun business. It's sexy. It's, it's, it, it real estate's fun. I mean, it, there's nothing like it in the world as far as I'm concerned. It, it's the greatest thing you can do. And to do it at scale is fun. You're dealing with, you know, big properties. I never assumed we'd be buying what we're buying. You know, when I was younger or where I came from, I, you know, to buy the properties we buy, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So, and you meet a lot of cool people in Edmonton. It's a pretty small town. Like, you know, when I moved here from a small town, I thought people, it was a joke when people said that, but it really, everyone who's in in our space buying the stuff we know we would have an idea who they are and and you know the brokers and the and the lenders and so it's a it's a really cool industry i i love it so it hasn't been too hard to attract people the social media stuff because a lot of people aren't doing it that is where we have a lot of people reach out to and they'll be like hey if you're you know we're we're looking at getting into real estate we love what you're doing we don't have any job openings right now so we're just telling you know like you know, we'll, we'll post when we do, but you get a lot of leads that way too, that if you weren't doing that, like people wouldn't even know about us if we weren't on social media or didn't have a website or, you know, so be this way besides people in the industry. So, so yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Just before we wrap up here, is there any other advice that you would give to people who are looking to scale their business? You know what I think, and whether it's, I guess, whether it's real estate or, or it can be anything, but I think you have to have the right vehicle to do it you know you have to have the right vehicle the mindset's a huge part of it the work ethic you know you have to be willing to put in the work whether like i i don't buy in for a second that four hour work week and that kind of so that doesn't exist in my opinion i mean people can say they do but if something's working and and it and you're trying to scale up why would you ever stop at the four hours like it's stupid so i think you know you have to be willing to put in that work and that it's going to come at different times. You're going to work 80 hours one week and you might have less the next week, but I think that's a big thing, but make sure that what you're working at is scalable because some businesses aren't, if you're doing, and and we've found that with, with different businesses, you know, in the past, but you can work as hard as you want at something that's not scalable and, and you're just working for, you may as well have a job at that point. You want something that's scalable and if, if, and have an exit in mind, what is the exit? If and and you know trades and things like that get into this a lot, where you can build a really great business, but what is it worth anything when you go to sell it? You know, so with enough scale, every business in the world is is saleable. Your your everything, your times earning everything. 
with scale, you, you get a bigger valuation. The people buying you are more sophisticated. So I would say make sure it is scalable. You know, it, you can have a passion about something and and want to do it. But but it, it, that doesn't mean it's a job. It should be your your career either. You got to make sure that that what you're doing, if you're passionate about it, but it has to be able to scale. And so you can look pretty easily at other companies and say, hey, is there, you know, real estate, if you're multifamily, Blackstone, BlackRock, you know, $17 trillion in asset, they're, they're not small companies, you know, the, so, so you can scale those. And even the way we built our portfolio was that way from, you know, as we bought those two eight units before we had our company, but as soon as we came and doing this full time, my thought was always, you have to buy assets pretty strategically. So we buy bigger assets. We could, we could be three times the size if we just bought small 15 unit properties or whatever, they're very easy to buy, but who's going to buy that from us or who wants that or who, who sees value in that. And, and it's nobody, no, no big fund is going to come to us and buy a thousand units in 10 unit buildings because it's impossible to manage that. It's impossible to do anything with it. The people who are buying it from you are, are a different type of buyer. And so, so we just looked at it and said, Hey, if we're going to scale it on this side and maybe one day if we want to sell a portfolio, it has to be a portfolio of assets that someone big wants to own. And, and I think if you always start with the end in mind and work yourself back, that's a big thing. And then, yeah, be aware like the coaching and stuff is all big. There's every business. It doesn't matter really what industry has different breakpoints. You know, in the beginning, you need to know what you're doing and then it's who you hire and then it's all the systems and stuff. Putting that in place is you know, that's a big part of it. People, a lot of people don't systematize stuff and then you get to a certain level and then you find yourself going back down and, and you'll keep hitting that same break point over and over and over. And that I see a lot with people that have businesses and it, you know, it's, that's where maybe that coaching or something comes into play. It's getting past there. Yeah. Putting those systems in place, not, not so much for even yourself to be doing them, but to make sure that things keep going so you can continue to scale. Yeah, it's absolutely wonderful advice. Yeah. Thank you, sir. So Shane, we'll get out of here. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, so right now the brand where I'm putting out more content, it's it's scaling up with Shane. So you can find me at like Shane Unruh or scaling up with Shane. It's pretty much every, any social media will be on there. My company name, or if you want to check out the website, we actually just redid our website. It's excessassetmanagement.com. It shows kind of the properties, a little bit of what we do and the team excess asset management's also it'll be on instagram and stuff as well so very cool very cool well shane thank you very much hey thanks for having me on